You're listening to a DM podcast. Let's go on yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life. That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff, pour yourself a small bevy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure it is to introduce our next guest, Tim Ferguson, best known probably around Australia for his work with the Doug Anthony All-Stars, but also well known. Um, his advocacy, his art, his comedy, his just general drive. I mean, this man doesn't stop. Uh, and beautifully enough, he's got a cup of coffee and he's joining us right now. How are you, Tim? Ian Rogerson, Angela Concerns, may I say, if someone had said I would have a chance to talk to both of you at the same time, I would always say, just move along. That's never going to happen. But here we are. I know. Thank you so much for joining us. So we're thinking of you as a junior senior. Would that be fair? We're, we're, we're calling people who are 60 and <laughs> over as seniors. Yeah, cresting into it. But I think you've only just kind of climbed that mountain, yeah. haven't you? I just turned 60 and i got to say it was such a relief. I was so happy to turn 60. <laughs> Is that right? Why Why were you so happy? Well, of course, part of those list of things I do, uh, the, I only ever do so many different things because I'm not that good at all of them. Oh. But once you put them all together, <laughs> you can say, oh, well, the artwork's crap, but he does keep painting it. Um, and uh, I, I also teach people how to write comedy which is already a ludicrous proposition, but now I'm 60. They have to do what I ask them, which is shut up and, and listen. you might learn something. <laughs> it's the gravitas that comes with that age, isn't it? It's the gravitas, and exactly. You just keep going, and, and you've got a lot of things up against you as well at the same time. Um, dealing with MS and, and also all the things that come with that. Uh, but it doesn't seem to pull you down. And I, I would guess that there are times where it really does, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, there are days when it's, you know, MS is horrible. It's just, you know, things don't work or you feel like you're on fire or suddenly, you, you know, it's uh, you lose the ability to type. But really, you know, with all that stuff, um, with MS, you know, it's different for everyone. So I couldn't speak for anyone else, but I figure that you just keep going. I mean, most of the time with MS, you can't see it anyway. So I can turn up to a meeting and nobody knows that I feel like my feet are on fire. Mm. It's none of their business. They work for the government. Why would I be scared <laughs> about them? So. You just keep on keeping on, if only as an example to other people that, you know, you have to keep on keeping on. Yeah. You've lived with it for a long time now, haven't you, Tim? Yeah, yeah. I've had it since I was a teenager. I mean, it took me 15 years to actually get someone to take a photograph of my brain and say, ah, oh, that's where it is. Because it took months to find the brain. And because, as Dr. Chiman says, nobody knows where the human brain is. It's, it's different for everyone. So 
uh, the good thing about like having a diagnosis like that, which was I was 32, was that it meant that all these wacky things that have been going on with all these different symptoms actually turned out to be one thing. Mm-hmm. And that meant that I could focus on trying to minimize the encroaching impacts. I've got what they call progressive MS, which means that it voted yes in the recent um, <laughs> in the recent <laughs> referendum. referendum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And anybody who voted no, I don't know a nice way to call them shitheads who <laughs> actually are so easily scared. They were told by a bald man, oh, I'm sorry, if you don't understand it, don't vote for it. It's like if you don't understand everything about the person you're about to marry, don't vote for them. If you don't understand everything in the book, don't open it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but good on those people. And I know the majority of listeners, you know, 60-something percent will be, well, I voted no. Yeah, yeah. I, it's my job as a truth-telling to me, comedian to find an interesting way to call you an ignorant, lazy, short-term thinking <laughs> thick-headed bastard but i'm working on something funnier oh that's good i like it i thought the only thing they know is no you know what i mean that should have been the other slogan if all you know is no say no yeah yeah and the labor party ran you couldn't run a worse campaign for it and you know where was the prime minister you know anyway anyway Anyway. everybody made mistakes but i hope that all of australia's first nations people you know, still keep going. It's the same thing. You just keep going up the mountain like Sisyphus. You just keep pushing that rock up. And that's what you're doing. So let me ask you about discrimination that you may have faced as a person, I guess, with disability. And also I imagine that now you're an older person, you're facing discrimination on that front too. Well, they like you, Angela, I've kept my hair brown, (laughs) which is we just have our parents to thank for that. So nobody's quite picked on me for being older yet. But yeah, yeah, um, the uh, Graham Innes, who was head of the yes. Human Rights Commission for Lovely Disability. Lovely man. Mm. Oh, a legend. Blind as a bat. Smart as a whip. Yeah, yeah, and smart as a whip. Yeah, he said that it's the, the soft prejudice of low expectations that people with disabilities face. Which is why I've spent the last 20 years, you know, banging on about disability employment. The great thing is, in the last three years, stuff's really starting to happen. It's like it's moving. It just took a lot of, and that's partly why I do all this stuff. So at least when I say you should hire people with disabilities, it makes sense because people look and say, well, he's even a wheelchair and we still can't shut him up. So that's been a really exciting part of the last few years working with uh, the Human Rights Commission. I'm an ambassador. I got a special Napoleon hat. Oh, well, that's great. My own little, my own little pug dog. <laughs> Can we call you Mr. Ambassador now? That's kind of cool. Well, I think from now on, Ian, that's... Uh, Thank you very much for suggesting. I didn't want to push it on you, but yes. <laughs> and so I think another one of your, uh, the causes, you know, for which you've campaigned, Tim, was to keep young people with disabilities out of aged care facilities. Is that right? Oh, God, yeah. That was a big one. Still is. There are thousands 
when I first heard it, I thought that can't be true, but it's true. There are thousands. Some states are worse than others. They know who they are of states that have uh, a lot of younger people. By that, I mean people under 40 who have a disability. And if it's something like cerebral palsy, their brain works fine. It just doesn't talk to their body. Yeah. But people will be parked in a corner because they might be nonverbal um, and kind of left there and treated as if they've got, you know, uh, dementia or some other condition that renders them, you know, silent. Uh, but in fact, their brains are working perfectly yeah. well. And aged care workers shouldn't have to take care of people with disabilities. Yeah. That's, you know, that's well, not their remit. And it's a real hell too when you think of personal hell. I mean, somebody who's young, who's going into an, uh, an aged home, which even the aged people don't want to go to, uh, they've got none of their contemporaries around. They're getting nothing that the person of their age really needs, which is the social interaction. And they don't even eat at the times when younger people will mm, eat. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're 20 and everybody's having dinner at 4 p.m., it's not right. 20-year-olds need to eat all the time. Like, it's an entirely different yeah. physiological difference. I'm sure they can make friends and meet people and all that stuff, but it's it's something that's got to be fixed. And, of mm. course, it's invisible and it's silent and it's... Uh, it needs more drums to be banged. Yeah. So, yeah, I carry on about that. Too. Do you think we're getting but, somewhere, Tim? Yeah, things are moving. Yeah, good. Um, all it needs is not so much people to say there's a problem, but to if you talk to the right kind of politicians at the right time, timing's important, then it can be something that they can call their constituents about and say, and ask how many people with disabilities have you got and to look for other options. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, and the reason why I get involved is only because I make a good hood ornament. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't have the contacts. I don't have a job with the government, but I'm a good guy they can wheel out and put in front of, you know, people like you, legends, <laughs> where we can talk about this stuff and, you know, hopefully other people go, what? young people in aged care. Mm. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So um, you've been performing and teaching comedy pretty much all of your adult life, Tim. A couple of questions. First of all, do you think that, um, do you think that a person is born funny? Can you learn to be funny? No, no. Ian and I are still struggling. <laughs> uh, actually, I think, I mean, some people are gregarious and, you know, they can make more noise and you know that will always call cause laughter but if someone wants to write comedy which is my focus then it's a craft like anything else you don't need to have a sense of humor or a sense of color to be a pottery expert hmm. uh, no one is a born potter they don't have have babies you go look at that oh i think oh i think Jeez, he took to it. the clay Goodness oh, me! Oh. Yeah, so we we can have we can have lots of in the early years just ashtrays being made by this kid, but eventually it will become more sophisticated. Yeah, right. Okay, I get, I get you. God, God, I knew at an early age pottery was not my future. <laughs> yeah, we find out. But yeah, anybody can write comedy because it's just a craft. It's like writing a sentence. You only need to be told 
how it works, then you put in your own subject matter, mm. your own themes, and what you want to say. Um, but the patterns, they're changing a little bit, but there's a lot of stuff Aristophanes wrote in his comic plays, you know, thousands of years ago that you could do today. You, I mean, and they do this today. Yeah. I work with an American guy and he does these ancient Greek plays and they're funny, they're ridiculous. Mm. Lots of farting and sex mm. and, you know, fun. Yeah, yeah more lamb. More lamb, yeah. <laughs> not farting and sex at the yeah. same time. Yeah. No, 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 of course not. Because <laughs> that becomes tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. <laughs> So do you think, do you think it takes one go, as they used to say. So. Do you think you're getting funnier as you get older? Certainly funnier to look at. <laughs> you look fabulous. That's right. We look fabulous. Uh, viewers, you can't even imagine if you're, if you're just listening, you can't imagine just it's sparkling gold and beauty that's being presented. Hey, Tim, you know, as we said earlier on, you're a man just cresting into the whole senior milieu, as we like to call it. There's a couple of reasonably seasoned professionals, Ange and I are, and we've talked to a lot of people in the area yes. now, so we've learned a lot. What would you like to that's know? That's our craft. It is way. our craft. What would you like to know? Will hair grow in funny places? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. In fact, you'll you'll have uh, fewer hairs on your body. Well, in my case, anyway. Well, no, the, but they crop up not where you want them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. The other thing that yeah. I've learned is that your ears grow bigger as you get older. I'm not, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not very happy about that. And we shrink. Yeah, we shrink. But my ears are getting bigger. <laughs> I'm very unhappy about that. Oh, I hadn't really noticed well, that Well, that's because I've got headphones <laughs> on. <laughs> that is a point. It's, uh, well, your headphones are getting bigger, Angela. That's, <laughs> that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, that's good to know. That's all I need to know. The rest is, I'm sure, going to be, you know, a, a terrible surprise. But, you know, the people have uh, asked me about, you know, this old age thing. And for a long time, I really had no interest in it, apart from that credibility thing. But also, to be honest, I never really liked young people. When I was at school, I didn't really, I wasn't impressed. And then as a young adult, it was like, that's great, but gee, this is so ordinary. Mm. But older people, there is no more, there is no more stuff. So, uh, I'm perfectly happy to, you know, be a teacher who does, you know, I tell people you're here because you don't know anything. Mm. And if I wanted to amuse myself, I would ask you to tell me something. <laughs> Let's not be cruel. <laughs> and of course, they sort of giggle and they're a bit confused that then by the end of the class, they realize I really do know nothing. <laughs> you know, that was them I was quoting. You've been giving them a hard time all the way through and they haven't quite realised it because they've been laughing too much. Yeah, yeah. And mm. they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's true. They have to be told, particularly if they're young Australian screenwriters, God, that's so serious. It's like, a, what are you working on? Well, mine's called Death. <laughs> The drink. Oh, that's nice. Where'd you get that idea from? I died drinking. Like, it's just, 
you know, it's so miserable. And I just tell them, if you put a bit of comedy in your drama, then you'll have the two masks operating, which is drama. Yeah. One's I'm... crying, one's laughing. And if you're not doing it, then, you know, I'll see you at the Dendy Cinema all alone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, look, i tell you what, the drama was something that you guys, as the Doug Anthony All-Stars, really, I thought, nailed when you first appeared on national television in Australia. Uh, it was that whole punk thing, but you had uh, you know, gags, but they would cut to the bone. Yes, it was uh, pretty sharp. The last tour we did, it's only a couple of years ago, we went to the UK again and and did it there. The show, of course, had me in a wheelchair. Paul McDermott with a beard. That's very sad. Oh, the big God. bushy beard. Big grey beard. Terrible disability. <laughs> and uh, Paul Livingston on guitar, who, as, as we said, was, no, it's the same guitarist. He's just had chemo. <laughs> Well, hang on. Let that's me... his phone. That, that's him ringing right now. That's it. They're calling right now. <laughs> so, But that was fun because then, you know, I could be wheeled out in a wheelchair and the audience, the first time we did it in the UK, um, when we went back, hadn't heard about it, my MS, oh. let alone the beard. So, God. and it all sold out because there was all the old fans went, oh man, we're going to go see these guys. So we go out in the big theatre and it's like, hey, and the, the audience took a couple of minutes to adjust and finally i had to say hey no it's me it's still i'm still tim i'm just i've got multiple sclerosis and then we jumped into a song basically which picked on you know the fact that the show was about not the difficulty of disability but the difficulty of being someone who cares for someone with a disability mm. so the other two were these kind of carers and as i said well you know uh, Paul McDermott's my primary carrier. Paul Livingston is my secondary carer because he doesn't care as much. <laughs> and when you do that stuff, then we had all sorts of little, as you say, Ian, like these dramatic little undertones mm. that by the end all build up to making the audience cry. Yeah, that's great. Cry with love. And when they do, yeah, you yeah. do that and then they're ready to have your children. <laughs> Beautiful. Do you have any children, by the way, Tim? Oh, yeah, three gigantic ones. They're older than we are. <laughs> Do they look after you in any way? Not at all. <laughs> Do you get a letter at Christmas? No, don't get a letter at Christmas. What would it have, $5 in it? <laughs> well, that's what you could do now you turn 60. You well, yeah. Actually, you send real cash through the mail to relatives. Wouldn't that be fun? I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Just five dollars. Here's a picture of King Charles. Oh God! Uh, listen, you know it's it's so great to actually have a bit of a chat with you. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, the, the things that uh, I, I guess is most important about uh, yourself and Suddenly Senior is, is the fact that we try and do a snapshot of what, how different people from all different walks of life deal with this strange thing that's happening to them. Uh, and, and you said you don't think about it too much, but you, you must be looking around your contemporaries and everybody like that are starting to age as well. Is, is there any thoughts that you might have about it? 
Yeah, they're all having a terrible time because they're all comedians, so they complain about everything. You've met, mm. you've met comedians. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting to see what happened to or happens to the punk generation. Like, what are they going to do? I mean, they're like five years ahead of where they're like kind of 65 now. Mm. But we were all influenced by that and by David Bowie and, you know, Sade in the 80s. And now people are, you know, walking around with incontinence pads on. It's like you really are a smooth operator. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that's where the safety pins, if they'd hung on to them from the 80s, they could use the safety pins now. See, that's practical, <laughs> practical thinking. Very but, Jared, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, every generation has to deal with the shock that what was once beautiful and cool and desirable mm. um, is now like, oh, wow, falling falling apart. We're becoming the, uh, we're becoming the people we deserved to be somebody said that about faces mm. that at, at the end of the day you end up with the face you deserve mm. which is uh it's why i only drink botox i never <laughs> inject it well that's working for you i've got to say we had a guest on this um podcast series a little while ago who talked about her mortality alarm and she kept thinking that maybe she only had about 10 more years left mm. and therefore she was going to achieve this 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 and this during that time do you ever think about how much more time you have on earth um, we never know the hour so i don't think about that so much as the fact that uh if i'm going to get stuff done then now is the only time mm. mark gracie and i are going to make another movie so that's got to be done and i've got to finish a book on how to write stand-up comedy so I'll have these projects, but hopefully you get through them all. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I've got a, a you know an adventure novel, and I might even run for parliament again. Yes, good but idea. in terms of you know how long will I last? No, I don't really don't think about that, that. in yeah, with good. guesswork. That's I have no intention of retiring. I can't understand what retiring would do. What am I going to do? Garden? Yeah, that's great for some people, <laughs> but. You know, I deliberately don't have a garden. I owned a farm for years, mm. and that's just gardening. Yeah, on mass, isn't it? It's big gardening. On mass and feeding money to animals, you know. <laughs> but the great thing about mortality is when it's over, it's always going to be too soon. Yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, but I was doing this thing, and I was going to, I was saving to buy a boat, and also, eh. <laughs> 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 what do, so again i'm going to drag you back to seriousness mm, yeah go on How, what do you hope people will remember most about you tim about your comedy about your advocacy about good your, looks your good looks exactly uh, i well, think that's what know, it would be say. best if they say gee he was an old 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 man but still looks good but yeah i'd go handsome. that yes that's what i want i'd okay, go good. that yeah Total spunk. Yeah, big spunk. Tim Ferguson. Yeah. To the very end. Bit of a rat bag, but I've got to say at the end, total spunk. Yeah, yeah forget comedy. <laughs> the other thing professionally I'd want people to do is to say, gosh, I really should 
make my dark drama have one moment of comedy. I, think I mean, a... have you seen Nitram? I mean, it yes. won Best Film and the Arkda Awards because they don't know what drama is because they're only actors. Yeah. Oh, they're only actors. But, you know, but apart from that, no, bug you all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's enough. Goodbye. Love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Go forward, baby. Ian Rogerson, Angela Caterns, you know how I feel. Sort of furry but soft. I will see you all soon. Yeah. Good on you. Have see a good you one, too. Tim. Thank you. Thanks. Please like and also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> if it's not, that's right. Fuck off. Yes. See you next time, Ange. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. (laughs) 